Hi, everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister. I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but she is an author, a speaker, a coach, and the founder of Victorious Souls, which I'm sure she'll tell us more about. It's Danielle Burnock. Hi, Danielle. Hello, Julia. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I'm really excited to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. What else would you like to share with the listeners about yourself? Well, you covered that I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker. I have my own podcast also called Victorious Souls, and I call myself that lady on the internet who loves you, and that leads into why I chose the one I chose today. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that scripture verse. So can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and what the title Victorious Souls maybe means to you? Uh, Victorious Souls, it's I'm building a community also. I have four core values of that. And the podcast is twofold. I have short little episodes just to encourage people to take ownership in their life, which is one of my core values. And it's love and honor centric is another core value. Warrior mindset is another one that's having the inner grit to fight for what God has given us the ability to have and what he Jesus bought and paid for for us and the inner healing that I deal with because I help people overcome from trauma and also Mm. self-care because you you can't Mm. give out of an empty cup. You know, if you don't have Mm. anything in your garden, you can't go pick anything to give it to someone else. So Victorious Souls is about being strong on the inside so you can thrive on the outside. Oh, I love that. And I love that analogy that you mentioned too. Um, I I absolutely agree. We were chatting a little before I hit record and you mentioned that you are from Michigan. Have you always been from Michigan? Are you always from there? Yes, I'm born and raised in Michigan, though I did live in Minneapolis for two whole weeks. And I (laughs) lived in uh, Arizona for about five years. Very life-changing time there. But I am Michigander at heart and born and raised here. So Nice. If we were looking at the hand, which part would we be looking at? You'd be looking toward the, just below the thumb and like the palm toward the edge. So I'm in a Metro Detroit area. Okay. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I mentioned I live in Richmond now, but I grew up in Cleveland and my family's all still there. So I know that, you know, (laughs) we have Michigan and and Ohio have a history, but it's all good. And I love how you said, looking at your hand, it's like when I'm at an event, I met a gentleman one time because from across the room, I saw him pointing at his hand of where he lived. I said, Mm -hmm. you're from Michigan, aren't you? (laughs) I have traveled enough and met enough, you know, Michiganders that, yeah, I know that's the deal. So um, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. And I'm sure we'll get to know you a little more as we um, go through this passage. So you've chosen uh, 1 John, so John's first letter, chapter 4, verses 10 through 19. And I'm going to have you read that for us, please. I chose the Passion Translation. I love multiple translations. I could like mush them all together. It's so (laughs) enlightening to do it that way. You get, I believe, a much fuller picture of what the Lord wants us to understand. But I chose the Passion Translation for this. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. 
delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to its full expression in us. And he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the son of God live in God and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us, so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever talks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Okay, so I have a my translation is different, but I feel like the sentiment is the same, and we can talk a little bit about it. I want to give the listeners a little bit of context about this passage and kind of where we're at in John's letter. We have done lots of passages from John, and we did an episode earlier this season from First John, um, but just to kind of recap. So John is not a synoptic gospel writer, which means his gospel is a little bit different than the other three. And you can really get a sense. I feel like this letter sounds very much like John's gospel. Like you can get a sense for the way John writes. There's a lot of repetition. Um, the What you were reading is a lot of repetition about like what love is and God's connection to love and Christ's connection to the Father. And you, you get a lot of that in John's gospel as well. It makes me think a little bit of um, chapter 15 of John, where John or Christ talks about like remaining in him and being connected to the vine, that image of like the vine of the branches and remaining in him. So that's just kind of a little bit of like context for John's letter. Um, John's letter, it can be split up into four parts. And this part comes into uh, like the third section, which is talking about John's talking about how we can love one another, which makes sense because that's pretty much what this passage is all about. Um, But my first question is just why did you pick this passage, Danielle? Two reasons. Well, actually three, because the first reason is my first choice had already been discussed. (laughs) So I It's happening now. Yeah. (laughs) I've been doing this a while now. (laughs) Well, it was you covered it completely differently and it was a whole big section. I would have chosen just one mm-hmm. line, but this is kind of the inverse of that because that verse connected to a trauma that I had. I was uh, suffered trauma in the church. And mm-hmm. that verse that I ha- was going to pick was the one that had been mangled in my heart. Whereas, Which verse was that? Sorry. That was um, 
John 6, I okay. think 35, but it's just the one where all who come to the Father, I will, in, all who come to me, I will in no wise cast out. I know I did not quote that correctly, but that's okay. But that's from like the bread of life discourse in John, well, right? I, not even the bread of life. Yeah, it is the part of it, but I would have just picked the one because I had been thrown out in front of the church. I was publicly mm-hmm. rejected in front of the church and as a child and my mm-hmm. child heart, as the Lord showed me later when he led me through healing of that wound, that what my child heart had done was taken that scripture and turn it upside down. And I had believed that Jesus himself, I had come to him and he had cast me out. So that's why that scripture is so important to me because it's true that he will in no wise cast us out. If we come to him, you know, Mm -hmm. the father draws us and we come to Jesus and he will receive us. That's, Mm -hmm. That's why he came. It's why he bore our sins in his own body on that tree. But then this verse about God is love, it connects to my revelation. I struggled to believe the love of God for many years because of that wound. And one of the books I offer at my website called Love's Manifesto tells a little bit of that story because it took 34 years for the Lord to convince me that his love was real and it was for me and it was true all the time, no matter what was going on in my life. And the day that I got that revelation that he does love me and I actually believe it was fully convinced, you know, like Abraham said, he was fully persuaded. I was fully persuaded of the love of God this particular day. And it was actually one of these one, one portion of the scripture, but in the King James where it says herein is love is how it starts herein is love and how the Lord put it to my heart. It's not about me loving God. It's about him loving me. It's not about me earning his love or about me earning anything. He did what he did for me because he loved me. So this portion of scripture is just core to who I am and what I believe about the love of God. God loved us first. Like the last verse there that I read in the Passion Translation in the King James, it says, we love because he first loved us. The love Mm -hmm. comes from him. You know, he says for us to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all our mind, all of our strength, but we don't have it in us. So he gave it to us first so that it's like he primed the pump. He gave us what we needed that he wanted from us. He poured it into us so we can pour it out of us. So this is a very core of my faith in Christ, very core of who I am, which leads into the second reason of because I'm that lady on the internet who loves you and love is the core. It's Love and honor centric is one of the core values of my victorious souls that I have. So it's very core of who I am. So that's why I chose this one. Thank you. And thank you for sharing a little bit of your your background and your connection to the other passage as well. Um, I do. I, I have a study Bible. I have um, a New American translation. I'm Catholic. So that's the translation that we use. And I have like so many underlines from over the years from this passage. And it's I love how it does sound so much like John's gospel, you were mentioning um, the line about like him loving us first. And mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of a passage from the gospel. That he talks about being chosen and that like he first chose us. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but there's just so much connection, I feel like. And I love that. Like this also makes me think of First Corinthians with Paul and his definition of love. And I don't know. I'm, I'm a Paul girl, so I love all the Pauline stuff. But like <laughs> I love John, too. 
do you see like and we're talking about like the definition of love like John saying like God is love and then Paul kind of gets into a little more detail do you see any connection like between the two like definitions of love that we get from Paul and John I'm curious I think it's different okay I, I want to back up just a little bit too and thank you for sharing about in John the gospel about the vine and mm-hmm. us being in him and him us. I never saw that connection to this passage mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. I really, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and read that with this in mind. And I, I love doing this. So I wanted to do this chat with you to see things I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. But in the, when Paul talks about love, that's charity love. He's talking about mm-hmm. a different kind of love. He's talking about our behavior kind of love, which I think is, you know, we don't just throw that away. I'm sure that that fits, you know, God's demonstration of love. But in this love, it's agape love of who God is. I mm-hmm. believe the scripture only says in two places that God is something. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is light and God is love. And so how Paul is talking about it, I see it, you know, it, it applies to some extent, but I see it vastly different because God is even higher than that how Paul was explaining that. I mean, it's the very fabric of Mm -hmm. who God is and we need to know him to understand that. And even in this passage where I chose and where I was looking at it, preparing for this, I was seeing just the Trinity all over it. Yeah. The Trinity Mm -hmm. is in this, this portion of scripture. There's the father, there's the son, there's the spirit in there. And this is love. It's that unity of the Trinity. It's a relationship. It's not just one thing. It's it's a circle of love. It's mm-hmm. active. It's alive. It's it's powerful. It's moving. It's it's mm-hmm. not static. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you for thank you for that. Def- like that. Yeah. Because in my mind, as we were reading this, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about Paul. And you're so right. There's so many different types of um, Greek words for love. And so I, I'm not. I'm not well studied in Greek, but I think you're right. I think that, you know, this is the, obviously the agape sacrificial Christ-like love. And I think you're right to say that the Pauline definition is more like the philia, like the brotherly, it can apply to, you know, they read it at weddings, like it can, it can apply to relationships. And then I love how you pointed out the Trinity aspect of this, because that's all over John's gospel as well. He's just, mm-hmm. such, he's so, he's so focused on the Trinity and, and that they are a relationship. Like you're absolutely right. I love that you um, pointed that out and highlighted this. I want to get back to something that you mentioned, kind of like your connection to this and the, the other passage from John that you mentioned, because um, it relates to this verse 18 is what I'm looking at, um, that there is no fear in love. This is when I have like double underlined in my Bible. Um, <laughs> there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. And this is my translation, because fear has to do with punishment. And so no, so one who fears is not yet perfect in love. And I feel like what you shared and also just in our world today, we use fear and we have for you know, generations like in the church. And I don't know, how does, how does like what's going on in our world, part of this podcast, just like connect it? Like, how do you see this kind of being maybe lived out or not in our world today? Oh, I think it is crucial. <laughs> Yeah. In the gospel, I believe it might be Matthew, might be Luke, might be both, talks about in the end times of because iniquity would abound, the love of the great body would grow cold. Mm. And I'm almost going to start crying when I think about that because I see it happening. Mm-hmm. And fear seeks to drive that love out. When we don't know love, the fear 
can try and drive the love out, but God's love is much more powerful and he can drive that fear out of us. We just need to get it from the right source. We don't get it from society. We don't get it from people. We get it from the source, Mm -hmm. God, who is love. And that's why we need to connect with him. It's like he's that fountain of life, you know, the fountain, the everlasting fountain that comes the river of life that comes out of our heart. We need that flow of love from the inside because the world is so filled with fear on many levels. And like you said, even in the church, I know I, I was terrified of God as a child, the way mm-hmm. I had been raised, you know, he was the big bad guy in the sky and you know, you, you were a sinner and you were this piece of crap and you were this wretch and you were this, you know, stay in line or God's going to get you for that. And people mm-hmm. even talk like that mm-hmm. now. And I just, I, I can't deal with that because we need to know his love. It's like, I love how it says it's love has not been perfected yet. In some translations, it's much more gracious in my early walk. It was like, well, you're not made perfect in love. Like there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to be made perfect in love. And it was like, oh, oppressive. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, the love, God will wash it over you. Just like if you have a glass of um, like Kool-Aid, red Kool-Aid, you know, you can get that clear. You just need to keep pouring water into it until it drives all the red out and and it will do it eventually. And when we pour the love into us enough, constantly, continually, over and over and over, it will drive that out. And then when we get around the world a lot, we are reading too much news or around someone who's negative, that fear will come back, but we can just go right and get a, another bath of love and just wash that out again. Yeah, it's it's so much easier said than done, I know, because it just it makes me sad when um, I hear scripture or see you know, members of the church, like trying to use fear. Cause then you read this and I'm like, but this, that's the wrong way. We're doing it wrong. This it's a, it goes against scripture. Even we didn't read it. We weren't talking about verse 20, but right after this verse 20, it says, if anyone says I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar <laughs> for he does not love a brother. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. that's pretty strong to like, yeah. so if we have hate in our heart and like what you were describing, like the way that we can drive out that hate, drive out that fear is just to continually go to God, but it's hard. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that. It used to be hard. Mm-hmm. I I crossed a line that day. That day when he fully persuaded me, I crossed a line. It says in the gospel, and I know John talks about when Mary anointed Jesus and was wiping his feet with her hair and crying. And they're like saying, you know, do you know what this woman is, you know? Mm-hmm. and just getting all on her case. And he's like, hey, this story's going to be told forever, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she, there's like, do you know what kind of woman she is? And I know what kind of woman I was. <laughs> and there's even a song by New Creation Church called Forgiven Much. And he said, her sins who are men, her sins that are many have been forgiven. And she, those who are forgiven much, love much. Mm-hmm. And when you know when you come to know the love of God, like it says here, we are in, we have come into an intimate experience with the love of God, with God's love. And we trust in the love he has for us. 
I crossed that line that day. Before that, I didn't trust in that love. I was afraid that I could make it go away by being bad. I was afraid that it wasn't strong enough because I was just too wicked. I was too terrible. And because of how I had been trained, how I had scripture twisted, how in the world and even certain aspects of the church and people in their ignorance, they misrepresent the love of God. I, God's mm-hmm. love conquers all. Mm-hmm. It can conquer absolutely everything. And when someone understands this love, when you have been cleaned down to a place where you felt you could never be cleaned before, it gives you the ability to love someone that you could have never loved. Years ago, when I first started blogging, I did an article on forgiveness and I found a few videos that I shared and I never forgot this one video I watched. I've been getting emotional thinking about it. And it was this man who was a Christian and he was going to the sentencing hearing of the serial killer who had murdered his daughter. And there were all these people there saying horribly hateful things to the serial killer. And I can appreciate the emotion. I can appreciate the struggle people would have. This man had brutally murdered Mm -hmm. these people and he'd done it over and over again and he had no remorse. And they were like, you know, go to hell and all this stuff they were saying, all these hateful things. And this, this man stood up and he said, something, the effect, I don't remember exactly what he said. He said, I am a Christian and I cannot condone what you have done. But if what I believe, if I really believe what I believe, then I forgive you because God has forgiven me. And he, he just he said, I don't know he said, to, you know, I don't know that you'll respond to this and I'm not even doing this for you to respond to it. But he was doing it for his own soul. Mm-hmm. He was forgiving the man because he was forgiven. He was demonstrating that love because he knew that love, not because that man deserved it. None of us deserve it. But I saw that and if someone can do that, and I have had to forgive in the face of pain as well, not same kind as all, but the Lord called me to forgive and not just forgive, but to bless someone who had deeply hurt someone in my family. And the Lord dealt with me in my prayer time. And he said, I want you to bless them. And with tears streaming down my face, I did that. And what I got out of that was freedom for my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what people, if they will recognize that, it's freedom for your own heart. You're not letting someone get off scot-free, which is we have this sense of justice. Well, mm-hmm. if we get justice, we're all going to hell. Right. So it's like I was listening to a song recently, I think by Phillips Craig and Dean, an old one called Mercy mm-hmm. Came Running. And it said, when justice, justice was moved out of the way by the blood of Jesus, when justice was moved out of the way, when Jesus satisfied that justice, mercy came running. That's what Jesus said. I would rather have mercy than sacrifice. And that's what he wants. That's in it. 
when we see that in our heart, it's not so hard to give. You know, in the moment, it was hard for me to do that in my quiet mm -hmm. time, blessing that man. Yes, it, it can be hard, but the more we know the love in experience, we become, we get an intimate experience with God's love in our own heart, in our own soul. That's what gives us the power to give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, you said so many things there. Um, I think, yeah, we as Christians, I, I don't know how we can forget this because the foundation of our faith is redemption and second chances, but yet we want to condemn and it literally all over the Bible <laughs> says like, we're not supposed to be condemning, you know, like, like John three sixteen, right? Like a, he didn't come to the world to condemn the world. Like it's just, it's yeah. Anyways, um, we could get into a whole thing about like mercy. I love that you brought that up um, and its connections to love. But I'm, I'm curious for someone who maybe is like maybe struggling with because you mentioned earlier, like that you do self-care and kind of that's a core core thing for you, a core value. You know, a lot of us do struggle to to accept and love ourselves and um, and to understand God's love for us. So I don't know, maybe can can we connect that to like your value of self-care? How does that connect? Well, self-care is way broader than many people think. They think, you know, getting a massage, taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a process I use with my clients in that, and I use the acronym SELF on purpose, S-E-L-F, because our, our choice is residing in ourself. That's where we, our core choice, for us to take ownership of things, for us to make, for us to make our choices is out of our self. And we need to choose to take care of ourselves. We need to see value in ourselves. We're created in the image and likeness of God, but there are scriptures that have been mangled for us to attack ourselves because Jesus talked about, you know, denying yourself and carrying your cross. And that's been taught in a way that attacks the person. Mm -hmm. It was taught that way to me. So I separate those out, separating the self as the soul and the ego as the flesh. Because that's what he's talking about is the flesh, the ego, the part of us that wants to wants all the vengeance, the part of us that wants to be God, the part of us that doesn't want to let go, as opposed to the self, our spirit, our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our choices, and that aspect of ourself that we need to nurture. So that we need to nurture our mind, our will, our emotions, our spirit. It's our soul. The Bible says to possess our soul with patience. We need patience for our own self because we get impatient with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that self-care is to take care of all those different aspects. We need to learn how to love ourselves. I have a mantra, love yourself from survive to thrive, because I deal with overcoming childhood trauma. And many people survive that, but they don't address it. So they don't thrive. They're in survival mode. They're stuck there. So I have to learn how to love themselves to address those wounded parts of themselves so they can thrive in life. Self-care is much more than just those superficial things. We need to heal our inner child. We need to reprogram our mind. We need to train ourselves, you know, how to love and how to receive love, you know, because we are called God's beloved, but we need to learn how to do that. So I have a little challenge, seven day challenge to love yourself because there's a reason we don't love ourselves. We're told, love your neighbor as yourself. And I've heard people say that, of course we love ourselves. He wouldn't have said that. Well, why do we, why do so many people struggle then? 
They do. There's a reason. So that's what I want to help people get to the bottom of the reason why. Babies aren't born hating themselves, but something happens and many people struggle with self-esteem and self-defeating behaviors and self-hatred and malicious toward themselves. And there's a reason we have to get to the bottom of that, which is a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, this verse is full of, I mean, just God and, and his love. And then uh, it even talks about like us having then confidence once we recognize and remain close to this love. So there really is so much that, you know, we've shared and could get into. But before we wrap up, you, uh, what else What else would you like to say about this passage before we wrap up? What I'd like to say, I just, mm-hmm. I just love it so much. And in, in this, in this translation too, it's just so kind in it, like delightfully loved ones. It's, mm-hmm. It's a response. It's the grace of God that gave us salvation. It's when we know the grace, when we know the love, when we really know the truth, we have that response. People worry about, you know, hyper grace and people getting a license to sin and all of that. Well, anyone who's looking for a license to sin, they don't know the love of God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They, They really, they don't, it's evidence that they don't know the truth is you don't need to beat on, you need to stop doing this, that, or the other thing. It's no, you need to know how deeply God loves you. And then that's your natural response. It says it's our grateful response. Our love for others is our grateful response. It's that's how he wants it. It's like in the Trinity, we talked about the Trinity. It's a relationship in there. And so the love and grace, when we have a relationship, an intimate experience with that love, it creates that response in us. So I think that's what John was trying to share here is like, if you really know the love of God, it will be evident in your life. So you can look at your life and see, is that response there? And it will grow. I mean, if, if you just you know got saved yesterday, your response is going to be small. But do you have one in there? You know, we have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. We don't just get born again and we're perfect. Mm-hmm. No, we. it's a lifelong thing of changing. Like Peter says in his gospel, you know, to be learning that so we don't become uh, ignorant of are not in our knowledge of Jesus Christ to add to our faith, virtue and love and all those. He's got a long list there to add to that so that we will be knowledgeable in our faith. Mm-hmm. It goes back to, I think what you were saying earlier too, about that like garden image and just like we need to be connected and just to bring it back to bring it back to the passage. Like if we remain in God and we're connected to him and we're, we're confident in that love that he has for us, then we're able then to give and pour out, you know, for, for others, but we need to be rooted um, and him first. Any final last takeaways before we wrap up? Um, I just, if I can help someone learn how to love themselves, if someone is struggling in this area of love, I know that struggle. That book I mentioned, Love's Manifesto, it's free at my website. It is not sold anywhere. I only give it away free. If You can go to my website, daniellebernock.com, and I want to help people know this love. I struggled, like I said, 34 years it took the Lord to convince me because that had been mangled so badly in me. And I know so many people struggle to know the love of God and to really believe it's for them. I used to think I was the only one, and I have learned that's so far from the truth. Many people think God loves everyone else but them. That's where I was, but I'm not there anymore. That's why I'm that lady on the internet who loves you. 
Um, you mentioned your book and your website. Is there any other uh, like resource we can check out or Instagram or any accounts you want us to check out? Oh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn. I have other books. My first book, Emerging with Wings, is what started this whole process and how I learned the love of God. It's written like a love story. And God is the character called the pursuer because he doesn't give up on us. He will pursue us in his love. So I have, I have books. I have free resources at my website. I have my podcast, Victorious Souls. And you can find all of that at my website. So I made it very central. I'm building a community, Victoria Souls, which, like I said, everything you can get at DanielleBurnock.com. Awesome. And if you all would like to learn more about this podcast or follow me, you can follow me at on Instagram at 7 Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter, and I tweet about my work in my classroom and Catholic education at MissStruckley1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. But thanks, Danielle, so much for picking this verse and for chatting with us about it. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>